0: Hey everyone, this is Maria Marcus and you're listening to Keeping It Safe, a podcast dedicated to talk about campus safety. In today's podcast, we will be talking about what to do in case of an emergency. So within this podcast, I will be informing you what to do in case of a fire, earthquake, or an active shooter. Uh, if it were to happen on campus, I hope It never does, but it's some of these situations that we have to talk about. And that is why I am bringing it up in this podcast, our fourth episode of Keeping It Safe. But also, I kind of wanted to add a little twist into this podcast by providing ideas and what to do in case of minor emergencies. I mean, we all know winter season is coming and we're capable of getting sick. So I want to talk about what can we do in case we get cough attacks or our allergies start acting up. For some apparent reason this semester, my allergies have been acting up and my eyes have been really watery and red and it's so uncomfortable. And I just wanna be talking also about those small scenarios. So make sure to stay tuned and check out what I have in store for you in today's podcast. So today we have a guest speaker and her name is... Jennifer Galiana
1: vasquez So Jen, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. Hi, everyone. Um, well, my name is Jennifer Galiana vasquez just like Maria just said. Um, I just graduated from here, uh, from San State, with a communications degree, um, and I'm continuing my education here um, I'm getting my master's in public administration, so I'm here for another three years. I've actually been really involved on campus with Greek life, clubs and organizations, and new student orientation, and I actually am the vice chair for the university student union as well. So,
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I've actually worked with Jennifer during NSO and also being involved with ASI and USU, so I wanted to bring her into this podcast to share her knowledge of what she has, that she knows to inform other students of what to do in case of an emergency. Now I have a question for you, Jen. Okay. Why do you think it is important for us to talk about what to do in case of an emergency?
1: I think it's important because there's a lot of people who come on campus. We have commuters. We have students who live in housing who, for the first time, have been on their own. And, you know, we kind of don't know what to do in case of an emergency. You know, you've lived at home with your parents or with family members, and you always call them for an emergency. Like, if your car breaks down, you call your parents, you call your guardians, you know, and they help you, but, like, if you're like, in my case, two hours away from home when you don't know who to call, like, it's important to know what your resources are on campus. So I so think it's, it's important. Did you
0: come here straight from high school? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from? I am from the Bay Area and a little town called Birdwood City. Oh, nice. um, so I'm about two hours away and the closest family I have from around here is in Lathrop. Um, my cousins are about an hour away, I want to say. So it's kind of hard when I was when I was a freshman and, like, I didn't have a car or anything to, like, help me get around. If I had an emergency, I had to call my mom, who was two hours away and really couldn't help with anything, kind of just give me advice. But as the years went on, I learned of resources that are on our campus that actually help us a lot. So Yeah. And we're going to be talking about these
0: resources throughout our conversation. We're just going to be name dropping them, explaining them what they do and whatnot. And that's why I believe it's important to know what to do in case of an emergency, so it wouldn't catch us by surprise. Of course, an emergency is obviously in a surprise, Mm -hmm. but it's important to know how to handle it and based on having that information already in your head and you already heard it, whether it's in this podcast or beginning of syllabus week with your professors or just doing those trainings that Title IX makes us do occasionally uh, Mm -hmm. online, it's important to just be aware of that information, hear it, read it, and so on.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And that is why I contacted the Department of Safety and Risk Management. And this is a department on campus and their mission for the campus is to learn The learning environment by providing support, guidance, and leadership while engaging the campus community in promotion of safety. So, when it comes to like doing events on campus or doing like conferences, this department makes sure that whatever's happening within those events or conferences or other um, educational events or fun events, such as programming like Warrior Day or Stanfest, this department makes sure that what they're doing is safe and it's following the safety guidelines. And I'm going to be quizzing you Jen Great. So, <laughs> and we all love quizzes you know it's October it's a spooky season where all the midterms are happening but it's all right <laughs> so how do you get prepared like when you go into a new classroom setting or just you mentioned that you don't have someone close by here like family wise how do you get prepared in case of an emergency
1: Oh, that's a hard one. Um, well, definitely on my phone, I have, um, my emergency contacts, um, which, like, if anything happens, or, like, if I call 911 or something were to happen, like, my phone automatically calls my emergency contacts, so I think it's something very important to, like, set up. Um, I always carry my insurance card around, my Kaiser card, um, and I always just make sure, like, if I'm going anywhere, I have at least my ID, my card, um, my insurance card and my, um credit card in case of an emergency that's smart i actually i don't know why i didn't
0: read this anywhere but i did see them like in movies you know like in gray's anatomy when they're like the person's coming in the hospital who is this person they bring mm-hmm. out the wallet and it's the id mm-hmm. like oh they and in- they instantly know who it is and um one reason why i brought that up was being prepared on campus it's when you're in a classroom or you're in a conference or in a big lecture hall, you want to be aware where the closest exit is. Mm-hmm. That way, in case anything were to happen, you know where the nearest exit is and you know how to like get out of it as soon as possible. Also, like whenever we're doing like our fire evacuation drills, it's important to know where your gathering areas are mm-hmm. and students can actually access this in www. W dot CSU stand dot edu slash emergency which is basically the department of safety and risk management website within our school website and it could inform them where these gathering areas are it's really important to know like where the nearest exit is who's is your emergency contact mm-hmm. what are you carrying cuz sometimes you know when we have these evacuations we can't carry anything but we're all like should we should we not <laughs> <laughs> yeah now what can you tell us about what happens during a fire what do you know what to do during a fire in case you were to ever face that scenario?
1: Um, well, I watch a lot of firefighter shows, <laughs> so I'm going based off of that, and so I might, what... not, I might not be the best resource for that one. And this is how we think we're pros, because we watch all of these shows. <laughs> okay. um, well, definitely, uh, well, what they do in the show <laughs> is they touch the, the door to make sure that there's no fire on the other side, um, and then if it's, that's, like, if the fire is, like, super severe and, like, you're in a situation when you're in a room and like the rest of the building is on fire um but there if there is like a fire drill definitely knowing who who your fire marshal is is very important and also making sure that you know where the meeting points are like you mentioned earlier just because at the meeting points people will make sure you're accounted for you know kind of making sure everyone got out of the building safe and all those things but definitely just getting out as fast as possible is a Very good. Yeah, so definitely
0: if a fire were to ever happen here in Stanislaus, the way you could identify your fire marshal is by wearing those bright vests. Mm -hmm. So they'll be the ones going around and screaming and telling you like, hey, get out, get out. And so you could identify them by those bright vests. So that's how I could explain to you all like what a fire marshal is, because we all come to, to Stanislaus and we're in the library or we're in Bazine or Naragi, and we don't really just go in there and be like, who's our fire marshal in case mm-hmm. there's a fire or something? Mm-hmm. So that's a great way to identify them. Also, I'm going to just repeat this throughout the whole podcast. It's important to know what you're going to do in case of this emergency ever were to happen to you, but also keep calm. Mm-hmm. So by having that knowledge, it will help you keep calm because you know what to do. If the fire alarm has yet to been activated, I know in elementary I always wanted to pull a fire alarm, but I knew it was just not right to do so because it's like calling wolf or so like you're like it's not a fire Maria pulled the fire alarm once again but no so if you see a fire starting and it's growing gradually pull that fire alarm to let everyone know in the building that there's a fire going on once that fire alarm is pulled then that's when everyone in that building will be evacuated and make sure not to use elevators that is the worst idea ever don't use elevators Noted. (laughs) Do not re enter the building until your forum marshal says it is safe to do so in case it has been a bluff. Mm-hmm. But also, just be aware if you can re enter the building to get your stuff or you can't because sometimes it could have been a terrible fire or it could have been a drill.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what about earthquakes? What would you do during an earthquake?
1: Oh, that's not fun. Um, Well, I've actually experienced an earthquake. Um, I I believe I was in like sixth grade um, and I was going to school in San Jose. Um, There was a small, very, very small earthquake. And just like you're taught in elementary school and middle school and all those drills, Um, just try and cover your head, obviously, with your desk or table And if you're maybe walking anywhere or you're in a hallway, just getting in between a door frame is definitely another way to get safe um, just because it'll kind of minimize getting, like, hit in the head or anything like that. And apparently door frames are supposed to be that strong. So,
0: Yeah, and we all live in California, and more likely we've all experienced these drills within our childhood. Definitely. (laughs) Drop, cover, and hold on. So basically you drop to the ground where you are before the earthquake drops you. So that's why you're dropping to the ground. Mm -hmm. Then you're taking cover by getting under a sturdy desk or a table and cover your face and head with your arms. That's like when you put your arms over your head. And so that's where that comes in. And you hold on to something sturdy and to stay where you are until the shaking stops. Mm -hmm. So just drop, cover, and hold on. And (laughs) I remember during um, elementary, I really disliked this drill because I just didn't like, like just the fact of like, Knowing that this could happen, Mm -hmm. you know, and living in California, that earthquakes could happen. So it's just really like... (laughs) <laughs> and also when it comes to fire drills that loud noise in a building is just terrifying mm-hmm. and even when they give you the heads up during the emails um the safety and risk management department do inform us when these drills are happening so mm-hmm. you're well aware but even last week when it happened at 11 i i just didn't i walked out at 10:50 because <laughs> i was just like i'm not gonna go through this i'm just gonna go to the gathering area and not hear that drill because i could just prevent it from hearing it what can you say about an active shooter if that were to happen, what well, do you know what to do?
1: Um, well, I've actually the first time I ever got um, active shooter training was when I started working with the University Student Union. Um, we actually have a, an organizational training day where um, our HR specialist actually goes over situations and scenarios. And I do remember the the three words that um, she kept telling us, which is run hide and fight so obviously the first one um run away from the danger if you can if you see it coming your way um run away the second one is hide so obviously if you're in a built if you're in a room in a classroom and you know that something's going on make sure you cover all windows um, lock the door kind of try and block the door with all the equipment in the room and just hiding and staying quiet and then uh, fight, which is the last resources if you need to. Definitely fighting off the active shooter. Yeah, and you covered that very well. I know I also took the training, but
0: online, mm-hmm. where they inform you. And if any of you ever listened to my first episode where I talk about campus safety tips, one of them was basically being well aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. both visually and audially. And audially, <laughs> That's why it's important to like not walk around campus with your music on loud. I am guilty of this, mm-hmm. but... It's important to know what's going on around you because you never know. You might, let's say, unfortunately, it happens in a building here on campus and you're walking by it. You have the opportunity to run, mm. and that's when you run. If, unfortunately, you are in the building and um, you can't escape because the nearest exit, that's where the individual is, then that's where you hide. And um, you make sure to block the entry of where you're hiding in and lock the doors and also make sure to silence your cell phone because even if it's on vibration you have to silence it because people could hear when mm-hmm. a cell phone is vibrating
1: that's true i've also seen a lot of people even tie like their belt around the top of the like door frame so like it prevents it from opening the door so i think it's i mean it's a very important important and sensitive topic to talk about just because of everything that's going on in the world with all these active active shootings but i mean it's it's very important for people to know what to do in the situation
0: yeah and i remember being in class when my professor was talking about this she gave us a scenario so if something were to happen in this building what can we do and we were just pointing out the corner as to where we could hide we're going to turn off the lights and someone said like the belt Mm -hmm. incident of like where the metal area Mm -hmm. is just tie it there so it could prevent from anyone coming Mm -hmm. in because sometimes our doors in our buildings don't have locks Mm -hmm. so that's that's going to be our default and we have to think on our feet and be like okay does anyone have a belt and to lock the door And let's say you're in the stage of fighting. So that should be by far the last resort. Mm -hmm. And only when your life is in immediate danger. Because if you have the opportunity to hide, you should. And basically, this is obviously, we all know how fighting goes down. This is when you're trying to bring down the shooter and act with a very physical aggression and throw items at the shooter. So we may not carry like dangerous equipment with us. But whether it's a pencil or something, like we could make something up just how we Mm -hmm. made up with the belt. And that's something that these trainings that even I did online for just a requirement on school. That's where I learned all these things. And I was like, oh, this is when your creative mind has to come and play, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But remember just how in a fire incident, remain calm. And that's why you're listening to this podcast or reading or looking at videos of what to do in case this scenario were to happen. You're becoming informed and you should be proud of that. So have you ever heard about a shelter-in-place training? No. No? No. Okay. So I'm from, <laughs> I was born and raised in Salinas. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before I moved to San Jose. And a shelter-in-place training is basically when a person is on campus and you know or you have this feeling the person who is walking around a campus has bad intentions. So this is when the teacher or the students in the classroom close all the blinds, turn off the um, lights, and they just hide there until they're notified, like, hey, the coast is clear. This individual, the suspected individual is off campus now. So that's something that I was shocked to hear mm-hmm. when I came to Stanislaus that some students didn't have that training. When I literally grew up with that training, living in Salinas, it was the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Like, we learned that we had to be quiet, be in a dark room. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we didn't think much of it. But now when you're older and you're seeing all, this, all these incidents happening, you're like, wow, like I'm so grateful for knowing like yeah. a training like this. And so so there's such thing as a shelter in place.
1: Mm, it kind of reminds me of um kind of like a lockdown situation that you would go under. So now
0: since we have um, covered these big
1: emergencies
0: that I am highly encouraging you all to look more in depth <clears throat> into it and see where you could learn more about it. Our school does provide trainings online, or they even send out emails about, hey, would you like to participate in this training for an in-case scenario? I also want to cover smaller emergencies. (laughs) It is sneezing. Get it? (laughs) It was the sneezy season. Oh, my gosh. If you could all just look at Jennifer's face right now, it's a a face of disappointment, but it's okay. (laughs) Have you ever been in a moment on campus where you just got a cough attack? Yes, (laughs)
1: I actually have asthma. So I get cough attacks a lot, especially right now. I'm kind of recovering from a cold, Um, but I, I do get cough attacks very regularly. It's not very fun, but uh, but I do get them. Unfortunately, what do you do during this time? Um, well, if I'm in a classroom, I and I know that it's coming. Like you can tell, like you're you can you know the signs kind of, um, in a sense where you can tell when it's going to come. And I usually kind of just step out of the classroom um, and kind of either go outside or go to the bathroom. And if it if my cough attack isn't super severe, I kind of regularly just go outside because I need either fresh air or I just need to get it over with and kind of just cough it all out. But but there are some cases where I do end up like the cough attack does trigger either vomiting or other things. So I do end up going to the restroom just in case of those emergencies. But just being aware of like the symptoms that your body is kind of giving you is something that's like very important. And always carrying around water and cough drops um, and maybe even some, some medicine um, will help. But just kind of carrying around some hot water even or tea will definitely help with your cough. Yeah, warm
0: tea helps out soothe the throat. Mm-hmm. I definitely do the same thing as what you do. I When I feel it coming, I take deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And usually sometimes it just passes through and you're mm-hmm. like, I was like, haha, you thought you were going to give me a cough attack or so, you know, mm-hmm. talking to myself and all. But then if I actually feel that it's coming for sure and I need to cough it out, I go outside mm-hmm. to not disturb class, but also to not worry people in mm-hmm. classroom and be like, hey, you good? And I'm going to be like, yeah sure they're walking out like still coughing but yeah i do the same thing as you i keep water nearby i have cough drops i drink hot tea and i have temperature room water in case i just don't want to drink warm tea anymore and Mm -hmm. i want water and switching it up and i take deep breaths but also i just step outside to get fresh air because sometimes Mm -hmm. i notice when i'm in stuffy rooms i tend to cough more yeah It's definitely getting to learn how your body reacts with Mm
1: -hmm. things. Yeah, one of the biggest things that my doctors always said is um, kind of spreading your arms open and just like opening up your chest to like breathe in because it's probably it's kind of. A cough attack is kind of um, simulating your chest is, like, too compressed. So just opening up your your arms like a bird. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it it helps a lot. Growing up with asthma, that was the biggest thing that I would always do is my mom would be like, okay, open up. Like, you know, you you know you got to breathe. So um, it's something that... You know, very close to me. (laughs) Good. That's embedded in your
0: head. Now you know what to do,
1: and Mm -hmm. it's saving you during class time.
0: Also, the health center is definitely our best friend during this time. If you have any allergies like I've been having, the health center does provide over-the-counter medicine that is more affordable comparing to Target and Walmart prices. Also, they're offering flu shots. Walk-in times from Monday through Thursday is from 8.30 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. and 1 p.m. to until 4.15 p.m. As for Fridays, the walk-ins for flu shots. You don't need an appointment. This time is from 9.30 a.m. through 11.15 a.m. and 1.00 p.m. through 4.15 p.m. So if you want to take your flu shot to prevent you from getting super sick, this is the perfect time to do so. These flu shots are free for you because you are a student here at Stan State. You don't have to schedule an appointment. You could even just walk in there, get the flu shot, and get to whatever you have to do. Have you ever had any car trouble on campus, Jen? On campus, I i don't think so. Um, what would you advise students um, if their battery died?
1: I would definitely call UPD. Um, I've actually had a couple of friends who have either locked their keys in their car or their car have died. And I'm that person who I don't carry jumper cables in my car. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely would call UPD because they do help you if you're... If you, you lock your keys in your car or if you um, need a jump start, they are definitely always willing to help. And luckily, if you just dial 911, it automatically um, dispatches a UPD officer. And maybe if your phone is dead or something like that, you can call. Um, we also have those blue towers, which are emergency towers that you can kind of um, just kind of press the button and, you know, ask for help just in case your phone is dead. But having those those resources and, you know, if you can't call your insurance or it's too late or you just don't feel comfortable calling a, an officer from the university, you know, it's always helpful and they're super nice and always willing to help. So Yeah, so in case you don't remember
0: what um, the UPD's phone number is, UPD stands for University Police Department. Their phone number is 209-667-3114. Once again, 209-667-3114. <laughs> No I gotta repeat it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to talk a little bit too fast. But yeah, so if you want to save that in your contact um, info and in case this were to happen to you, I can't I don't drive to campus. I walk from campus. Mm-hmm. I know you're a commuter, so that's why I ask in case you know anything for those students who are listening to this who are commuters or live on Turlock, but they drive to campus. So it's important to know if a car crash were to happen on campus, it's also important to note that, it's faster to call UPD, they are the police department and basically, well, they're the university police department so basically if you call 911, UPD on campus will be the ones coming to the parking lot and where this accident were to happen. Also if, I hope this never happens, if someone were to hit someone on the parking lots because you know we're always on the run, we have to either go to a class or we have to go to our jobs and we have other matters to take care of. So we, this could happen, and it's important to know if this ever were to happen, you could once again call UPD. So I've clearly been quizzing you throughout this whole time, Jen. Yeah. Do you wanna quiz me with anything about like what type of minor emergency you faced, or if you had any follow-ups about the major emergency you've talked about, such as fire, incidents, earthquake, or active shooter? If you don't, that's perfectly fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, I think you did a good job covering them all. I mean, you, you brought up stuff that I didn't even think about. So, um, no, I actually don't. But.
0: All right. Well, remember, <laughs> everyone, whether it's a big emergency or a small emergency, it's important to do your research and see, like, what can I do? Or is there a research on campus that could help me? If you have not done so yet, please make sure to see if you are opt-in and receive STAN alerts simply by checking your My CSU STAN portal and ensuring the right phone number and email address on your portal is correct. So, Jen, do you have STAN state alerts?
1: Yeah, I actually do. Um, I actually changed my, um, I want to say my phone number um, on there because I had my old home phone number (laughs) which we don't have a home phone anymore, but I still have the home phone on my portal. So I ended up changing it to my phone and I ended up opting into the text messages just because you you know, it's it's easier for me to have text messages because I do I do have an Apple Watch so it's easier for me to check my watch than answer a phone in case a phone calling in case I'm in class or I'm in a meeting or things like that. So I I think it's very something that you know, new students or current students should definitely check out just because you don't know when an emergency can happen like you said they really come by surprise yeah. um, and it's it'll just it'll help you stay informed with whatever's happening, happening um, on our campus or even the Stockton campus as well. Yeah. Make sure to check out your my CSU
0: stand portal to make sure you are getting these stand alerts. If you feel like you're not, that's it's great to just simply double check. And if you end up seeing that you don't get you're not like access to get these stand alerts at least you are now double checking and putting your information there to become informed of what's going on around campus also simply by having the upd phone number which is once again 209-667-3114 you should definitely have this in your contact info in case you need any assistance on campus so there you have it folks in this podcast we have covered what to do in case of a fire earthquake or active shooter emergencies We have also talked about evacuation drills and mentioned trainings that help us prepare for these type of emergencies. I hope you all enjoyed the minor emergency also that I have shared with you, whether they are allergies or cough attacks, that we are all more likely to have this time of the year. Remember the tips Jen and I have provided for you, and we hope this will help you. Don't forget to check out if you're opt-in for STAN alerts simply by double-checking your MyCSU STAN portal. And remember to keep UPD's phone number and your contact information in case you need their assistance. Make sure to check out next week's podcast show on November 9th, where we will be talking about accessibility and how it takes a role with campus safety. Like always, keep it safe here at STAN
1: State.